Cotney Attorneys and Consultants is dedicated to helping the construction industry with legal, business, and safety challenges. Welcome to this week's episode of Law and Mortar with John Kenny and Trent Cotney. Hey, this is Trent Cotney, CEO of Cotney Attorneys and Consultants, and I'd like to welcome everybody to a special 50th episode of Law and Mortar. That's 5-0. What do you think about that, John? Uh, it's actually hard to believe that we've been doing it already 50 episodes. It's been so much fun and enjoy interacting with our audience the way we do. This is great. Yep. Book them, Dano. It's 5-0. So um, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, and what I want to do a little bit different this Law & Mortar is focus on um, some things that we're doing here internally. Some, you know, some of the great things that are going to come out. And I guess the first thing that I'm kind of excited about is that we're elevating what we're doing here with Law and & Mortar. And we're actually in the process of building out our own uh, recording studio and uh, I guess for lack of a better word, podcast room. So John, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, so we got uh, you know hooked into our innovation center. We've got an area off of there that we're dedicating strictly to podcasts. It's gonna be really, really nice when it's done. We're probably about, I'd say, 50% of the way through, but that's what the entire room is going to be dedicated for. So it's going to be soundproof correctly. It's going to have the right sounding equipment. It's going to be a professional-looking uh, and operating uh, sound booth area for podcasts. I'm really looking forward to it. We'll actually be across the table from each other instead of at a distance. So I think it'll bring a whole new uh, aspect to the way we do these. Absolutely. And uh, we're going to be taking live callers and everything else. So it should be uh, should be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, stay tuned for that here shortly. Some other things that uh, happened big for us is that we were able to announce um, finally our office in Ecuador. And uh, for those of you who don't know, we've got Maria Jose Alarcon, who is our international lawyer. Uh, she's licensed in both Ecuador and Spain and also New York. And she's heading up that office for us. Uh, the reason we opened that office is that we've got uh, significant, um, you know, South American, Latin American interest and, in both legal and on the business and consulting side, and really want to focus on um, expanding our efforts down there. John, why don't you um, tell them a little bit about what we're doing from, I guess, a training and educational standpoint? Yeah, so having Maria down there, you know, being a local native to begin with to the area, you know, built born and raised and then going out, come on over here and then going back makes makes it so much better transition for all of us. And, you know, and she's worked so closely with us on the consulting side in our international reviews and the business side. So we, she's worked with us very tightly on the training. So we've already got most of our training programs and uh, our manuals and our training books and educational materials already into Spanish that's, uh, you know, customized right for that area. So it opens up a whole new market. So I can tell you, you know, everybody out there, keep your eyes and ears peeled. Uh, hopefully in the next few weeks to another month or so, there'll be even uh, more better, bigger announcements coming out in that area. There's a lot of stuff happening down there. Um, huge import export market, a lot of stuff exporting, a lot of things importing in for the roofing industry. So it's growing. The roofing industry is taking off down in those areas. Right. And it's not just roofing. You know, one of the things that that had interest me in that um, that country in particular was the sustainability projects that they've got for construction. Um, I, and that's something that, you know, 
was one of the, the reasons behind us getting involved in South Africa. And I really like what they're doing, uh, combining technology, including 3D printing and some other uh, cutting edge techniques to really make uh, construction more sustainable. With Maria's proximity to uh, Quito, the capital down there, uh, it really gives us just the ability to um, do anything that we want. And that's, yeah. it's gonna be fantastic. Really looking to be a great jumping off point for us. One of our listeners, now our listeners may not realize, I didn't realize this at first either until we got more involved in those areas. Your construction down there, regardless of what it is, is really controlled through the architect and engineer. They're more or less your controlling builder responsible for design, for permitting, for structural soundness. So it's a little bit different market where South Africa is kind of similar where they wrap it in that way. But um, it's an interesting market. Sustainable energy, like you say, is big, sustainable products. And that so look, looking forward to all the challenges ahead. Absolutely, got great stuff going on there. And then I guess to kind of you know put the uh, the cherry on top, you know our training. You know I, I think a lot of times I get asked, you know, how is your training different than the traditional, more conventional training that's already out there? And what I like to say is, look, you know, take a look at it. Uh, our our digital platform. Uh, the production value, the way that we are providing training is unparalleled. And what we are, are going to do here shortly is be combining training with advanced level technology, including AR, VR, and a lot of other uh, cutting edge um, you know, applications that we are integrating. So it is uh, something that is different out there in the space, and we're very proud of it. Obviously, there's going to be a lot more um, coming out here in the next few months. Stay tuned for that. Um, John, I want to turn uh, a little bit to just a topic in general. And we had this, we've had this come up several times, but I think it's probably worth mentioning again. We had a contractor call um, me earlier in the week, and this person was concerned about um, negative reviews that they had gotten on um, you know, some of the key platforms. And uh, their concern is that, you know, people, these customers were, or, were talking behind uh, the contractors back without, um, you know, coming to them first, were saying things that were false or defamatory and sort of publishing it out there. And, you know, I, I was asked to kind of get involved a couple of different ways, see if I could get the, the reviews removed, but also um, you know, sending out cease and desist letters and, you know, if it, if it doesn't go working on, you know, defamation claims. So it's interesting, you know, one of the things that I always caution uh, any, any contractor out there is when you are responding to reviews publicly, it's always good to take the high road, right? And you always need to lead with customer service, uh, even if you completely disagree with everything that's said. Behind the scenes, you can send that cease and desist. You can work towards, you know, getting it removed. But remember that your future customer is going to be looking at those reviews. So it's important that you respond and don't just respond to the negative ones, respond to the positive ones as well. Thank people for taking the time to review. Um, you know, obviously that's that's something that's very important. People look at that and, and I think they appreciate the fact that, that you're responding. So um, John, what are your thoughts there? No, I think you brought up a couple of valid points. One is you're, you're going to get negative reviews. I, I don't care who you are. It doesn't necessarily mean it's a reflection on your company. You can do all the right things every day 
and somebody will take the low road for whatever reason and try to tear you down. They try to build themselves up by tearing someone else down. And there's also that group of people that will never ever be satisfied no matter what happens. Important to deal with it on that aspect, like you said, reply to it. Um, you know, no reply means you're, I hate to say, it, you're almost admitting guilt uh, when it comes to online reviews. You got to reply, say, you know, didn't know about this. Uh, we didn't hear about this. Please call us. We'll like to rectify it. And it usually goes away after that because the person that's doing it really had a bull complaint. And if it is totally um, that way, then, you know, you, you have a chance of getting it off by putting, you know, complaint into Google. Um, I do agree what you said as far as I think a lot of people forget this when they pass around misinformation, uh, that there's legal responsibility with that as well. So if you're, you're saying things that aren't true, you're putting yourself out there in a liability end. And, you know, don't, don't forget to remind some of your uh, customers of that if they do hit you up with that. Say, you know, there's no, there's no proof to that. So really shouldn't have done that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, call me old fashioned, but, you know, if I got a problem with somebody, I'm going to call them or I'm going to go see them and I'm going to say it right. And, and, you know, that way it's resolved. I'm not a big believer in going behind somebody's back and doing stuff. I just don't think it's professional, but that's kind of the world we live in now. So you do. It's easier to hide today. Yep. As part of our special 50th uh, program, uh, we have one of our longtime listeners, Ken Kelly, good friend. Uh, for those of you that don't know Ken, uh, Ken runs Kelly Roofing and uh, is well known throughout the industry. Um, he is uh, an innovator, an entrepreneur. And uh, like I said, he's, he's just, you know, everywhere that uh, anytime I'm on the road, people talk great about him. He is uh, part of almost every organization I can think of. So Ken, I uh, always appreciate you listening to us, man. We got nothing but respect and love for you. And he's asked a very good question and it's about uh, OSHA's heat injury and illness standard. And um, I'm gonna kind of take it broadly. Um, for the longest time, OSHA has uh, enforced heat injury and illness, but has done it through things like the general duty clause. Through a recent decision uh, known as the Sturgill case uh, that happened on the administrative level of OSHA, uh, that judge basically said, OSHA, you don't have a strict enough rule. So OSHA didn't like that. And as a result, we knew that in the Biden administration, they were gonna be coming out with a very specific heat injury and illness standard. Now, as part of that, on September 1st, and then again on September 20th, OSHA came out with two different press releases. The press releases said that, hey, we are going to create a national emphasis program on heat injury and illness. Okay, that's a big thing. Anytime you have uh, an NEP out on anything, that means that you're going to be targeted, right? And then uh, the next thing is, as I said, they were going to be looking to actively go on any project where the heat index was greater than 80 degrees. And I always joke around, you know, 80 degrees in, in Florida is a, a nice winter day. So, um, what my concern is, is at least with what they have stated so far, is that uh, if that is the case, if OSHA doesn't need anything other than the fact that it's hot to come on your job site, they could easily come on, start asking your crew about things like, you know, have you had a water break? You know, how do you feel? And then notice fall protection violations or notice that your ladder is not tied off or notice that you don't have the right PPE. My concern is that they're sort of using that as a as sort of a stop and frisk type technique where they're justifying the, the, 
getting in there and then using that to obtain more. So currently they are engaged in the rulemaking process. Okay, we have we're in the process of preparing our written statement that's going to be submitted to the Federal Register that talks about the issues that we have with the heat injury uh, and illness standard. Um, I do think that heat injury and illness is, is important from a safety perspective. We have a lot of people, um, you know, not just in the in the southern states and the warm states, but in Chicago and the Northeast that uh, die or get seriously injured from heat injury, uh, heat exhaustion. And it's because, you know, we're used to 100 degree heat down here in Florida, but, you know, you get a 90 degree day up in Chicago, that's a rarity. People, you know, we've got thinner blood down here. It's a little bit easier for us to kind of deal with it. So um, we are going to be doing that. And I encourage everybody that's listening to make sure that you put your two cents in, because my big concern from a legal perspective is I don't want this to be the impetus to allow OSHA to just come on any job site when it's hotter than 80. Um, I think there should be a stated reason. There are currently stated reasons for why you should come on a job site. I don't think the fact that it's hot should be one of them. So, John, what are your thoughts on that? No, I agree wholeheartedly on that. Um, I think a couple points. You're right. Up in the, in the cool, you know, the, the other climate areas of the country, they'll get a one-week heat wave, which Really, when you look at it that way, you basically open the door to OSHA to be everywhere during that week, which is impossible to keep up with. And then your warmer climates, it's, it's normal to work eight, nine months a year at 90 above, um, even in the southwestern areas. So, uh, and, you know, and, and you're taking precautions, but you can't control hydration. You can have hydration on the project. You can have your water break set. But if somebody goes out at night and doesn't rehydrate and all the things that can happen off the job site, that's where they're going to. And I don't think it's fair to be uh, penalized on the job site if something that you can't control, because I'm not sure how you could distinguish whether or not somebody was having a, a dehydration issue or anything related to heat, how it really happened, you know, what your health conditions and all that are. So I just think it's a Pandora's box and I don't like it at all. Yeah. And, you know, you raised a really good point. It is, you know, you can have water on the job site, you can do hydration breaks, but if they went out partying the night before, they're going to have a real tough time getting on a hundred degree plus roof. Right. And the other thing is, is, you know, during lunch breaks, they go grab all these energy drinks that sucks the water right out of you. Yeah. Um, you know, all that heavy, heavy caffeine uh, that will act as a dehydrating component. So it, it is difficult. I think other than having hydration breaks, having water on site and training your crew leaders for the signs of, of heat exhaustion, it's kind of hard to, to deal with it. You need to have shade, you need to be watching, but it, again, you know, it, it, uh, I have seen some equipment that will actually monitor that, right? It's not cost effective right now, but there are best, there are hard hats that have sensors in there that actually indicate what the core temperatures are. Um, ultimately, something like that, could we could be seeing that down the road or even mandated down the road. Uh, but right now, it's just too uh, cost prohibitive. So, Ken, I want to thank you for that question. And again, I thank you Great and all our, our loyal listeners. Uh, you guys have made us the number one construction law podcast in the world, and we plan on staying that way. Uh, got a lot of great things coming for you. As always, you got any questions for me, you can reach me at tcotney at cottonycl.com. John, how can they reach you? Uh, jkenny at cottonycl.com. Great. Thank you guys very much. You have a great week, and we will see you next week. Take care. See ya.